We'll be in chapter 3 of the book of Proverbs, and God willing, we'll be expounding verses 33 through 35 tonight. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 33 through 35. The title of the message tonight is God's Hand in Our Land. God's Hand in Our Land. Whether you're involved in the affairs of God's kingdom or not, we need to understand that God is involved in the affairs of your life. Nothing escapes God's view. God blesses and God curses according to what he sees and according to his sovereign will. Solomon says in verse 33, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. So to understand this verse, let's first remind ourselves what a curse is. And then let's look at what the word house means, okay? So we should understand that creation is not only the original work of God, but in the beginning God created. And God not only created but God sustained his creation. So God didn't just start creation and walk away from it. It would be like having a vacuum cleaner, plugging it into the power grid in your wall, turning it on, and then saying, okay, now that it's on, we'll go ahead and shut the electricity off. It'll keep running on its own. It won't do that. In the same way, when God created the heavens and the earth, He said, let there be light. And, and He started the rain cycle and the process of, of life when uh, He created uh, the living things uh, within the six days of creation. But He didn't just begin life. He didn't just begin the rainfall. He didn't just begin the, the, the cycle of the earth rotating and, and uh, moving around the sun. He sustains it. Every part of creation's existence, order, and function is held intact by God. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things. Listen now. And by Him, all things consist. By Him, all things consist. In that passage, we see creation and consistence. God created all things and all things He created consist by God's power. In other words, everything was made by God and everything is maintained or held together by God, whether you're talking about the physical earth, the natural laws of the universe, the political authorities that we have, the order we have in our society. Every bit of it, tangible and intangible, is sustained by the God who created it. Knowing this to be true, a Christian's not going to believe in luck, right? 
A Christian's going to believe in the providence of God. Knowing that all things consist according to the sovereign will of God, we recognize that God is directly involved in the affairs of this world. And He can turn anything in this world for our good or for our harm at our pleasure. Or excuse me, His pleasure. Just like that. You may say, now Brother Richard... Do you mean that God had a hand in Joe Biden being president right now? You better believe he did. The Bible says God sets rulers up and God casts rulers down. Does God have a hand in the terrible decisions being made in Washington right now? He sure does. He sure does. The Bible is clear that God did not want Israel to have an earthly king over them. But because Israel was rebellious against God in the Bible, because they wanted a king like all the heathen nations, instead of God being their king, God gave them a king just like they wanted. Even though he told them it was not going to be in their best interest, the president we have is you can see is not in our best interest. It had to be blind to believe he is. And some people are blind. They are blind. God's blinded them. But God has given us a ruler to curse the blessings that our nation once enjoyed. He gave us a ruler to turn the affairs of this world to work against us. Because the people's hearts have strayed far from him. In the beginning, everything God did was a blessing to the world. But when Adam sinned, God cursed the earth, the Bible says, for the very first time. He cursed the ground. He, he, he cursed the serpent. The serpent would no longer walk. The woman would suffer in childbirth. The, the earth would naturally produce weeds instead of food. Working would now be a chore instead of fun. It wasn't evolution for the serpent that caused him to crawl on his belly. It wasn't biological abnormalities that caused the woman to suffer in childbirth. It wasn't a hostile work environment for Adam that caused him to work by the sweat of his brow. It wasn't climate change that was affecting the crops. Causing the weeds to grow. It was God cursing these things. And affecting these changes on account of the behavior of those he created. When Adam sinned, the curse of the Lord was in the house of the wicked, as Solomon said. The word house is a, a broad term in the Bible. In the Hebrew language. That's used to describe a group of people. Not just a, a building, but an actual group of people. In fact, many times in the Bible, the nation of Israel is called the house of Israel. Y'all remember hearing it called that? The house of Israel. So the word house can be used to describe an entire nation as well as a family and their lineage. The majority of the Old Testament 
is a testimony to us of how God interacts and involves himself in the affairs of people and nations to either bless them or to curse them. Solomon said God's curse is in the house of the wicked. That's the principle that's included in the Ten Commandments. If you're taking notes in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 and 6, God told Moses, I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. What is that? That's the curse of the Lord in the house of the wicked. A group of people unto the third and fourth generation. Then he says, in showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. That's God blessing a house. So God's curse is in the house of the wicked. Look back in your text. But he blesseth the, ha- the, the habitation of the just. He blesseth the habitation of the just. The word habitation here refers to the place while the word house refers to the people. Make sense? But it's all saying the same thing. God blesses those who do His will and God curses those who do not. This shows us that God blesses nations who fear His name and follow His word. Our nation used to be that way. We used to have a fear of God. You know, Working uh, at the courthouse like I do, uh, I, I go in and I check the uh, the courtroom uh, every every morning and make sure that everything's okay before the judge or any of his people get in there. Make sure they're going to be safe when they go in. And and the other day I was walking up by the judge's bench and I was looking around the judge's bench to make sure there wasn't anything dangerous that was going to hurt him. And as I did, I, I, I looked down. Had a little piece of paper, and it was the oath that they give to the witnesses. And on that oath, I looked to the bottom to see if it was there. I couldn't remember how he did it in his court. But it says, so help you God at the bottom. I thought, you know, that's just a little, it's kind of like a little fossil left over from the days when People feared God and they they thought, well, if we invoke the name of God, that will put a a real fear in the man's heart not to lie on the witness stand. Wouldn't want to use God's name in vain like that and and commit perjury. But, you know, it really doesn't mean anything to most people anymore. But God blessed this nation at one time. The United States has been a blessed nation all these years, but... Why we are declining now as a nation? Because our nation's blessings are going down right along with our morality. That's why. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you'd turn there please, Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'd like to read to you this passage. I may not get through all of it. It, It's kind of long, but... Deuteronomy chapter 28, I want to read to you again a principle. Listen to how God dealt with Israel. When God set Israel up as a nation, He was giving them principles to go by. He was giving them wisdom and letting them know how He he deals in the affairs of men, in in, in the house of the wicked, in the house of the just. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, God said, And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set 
thee on high above all nations of the earth. You know, we, we were there at one time and we're, we're going below some of the nations of the earth and God's raising our enemies up right now and making them more powerful than us. God did Israel the same way. They would begin to decline. Their nation, their, their enemies would begin to rise. Their enemies would get more powerful than them. Their enemies would then judge them and then God would in turn judge their enemies because they were just as wicked, if not more, than Israel. And so the cycle continued. Constant chaos, constant turnover, constant war, all because of sin. And he said, but God said, I'll set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. In other words, your manufacturing will increase. Your, your, your agriculture will increase. He says, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. You'll have a, a population growth and, 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 and that to be able to keep up with the supply and the demand and be able to, to, to grow as a nation. He said, the fruit of thy ground, the fruit of thy cattle, your, your, uh, your farm, your, your uh, livestock, the increase of thy kind. What is it? That's your food supply and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Your economy is going to do well, he says. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. In other words, in your common affairs, going in and coming out was an expression of your, your common day in and day out life. I'll bless you if you'll just hearken unto my word as a nation. Verse 7, the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. In other words, they'll scatter. He said, I'll bless you. I'll increase your national defense. This is wisdom that God was giving them as a nation. Economics, agriculture, food, daily life, your daily conduct, your, your military. I'll bless every bit of it. You'll be on top of everything. He says, verse 8, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in the, thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, thy storehouses. You'll have a good savings account. I'm making it apply to today. You'll have an abundance, not just living hand to mouth. And in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee in holy people unto himself, and as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. The only stipulation. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy ground and the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season. We see how helpless we are in the drought, don't we? A friend of mine at work yesterday asked me to pray for rain to hit his house or he is about to sell his cows. Doesn't matter how much money he has. Doesn't matter how great of a cattleman he is or how much knowledge he has. You've got to have rain. 
You've got to have it. He says, uh, verse uh, he says that the heaven shall give rain into thy land and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. People will be borrowing from you. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. In other words, you'll be in charge. You'll be a leader, not a follower. And thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath if thou if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God which I command thee this day to observe and to do them and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them but verse 15 but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now he's just going to do the reverse. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. Cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket in thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy land. You see what's happening here? God's saying, I'll bless every aspect of your life, personal, societal, national, every aspect of your life I'll bless. If you as a nation will just follow my word. This is what our nation needs. I don't care what president you put in the White House. I saw someone the other day. I was sitting at a red light. And on the back glass of the window, it said, bleep Joe Biden. And I thought, yep, that's our problem right there. They're upset at the high gas prices. They're upset at the inflation. They're upset at us being the, the followers and still the leaders nationally. They're upset that our enemies are growing bigger than us. They're upset that God's cursed their fruit and their basket and their savings account and all these things are happening to them. But it's not the Joe Biden doing it. It's the bleep that is. It's their wicked, dirty, filthy, Hearts, And because in their minds they're filled with bleak, they get the Joe Biden to go with it. They departed from God's word, so God has given them a leader to make them the tail and not the head. It's simple. It's not a politician they need. It's not a new political party that we need. It's repentance that we need. We need to get back to following the Word of God. And if not, we can expect more of the same. We can expect adverse climate. We can expect uh, uh, population problems, which we have. <laughs> We've got population problems right now. They're killing people that belong here. And letting our enemies come in. They're, they're, they're uh, uh, dying left and right with the COVID and, and different diseases we're getting. And now monkeypox. And they're saying, don't, don't even change clothes in a department store. And, and, uh, and the reason I'm doing the wedding Saturday is because the preacher got COVID. 
And the bride's got COVID. We're hoping she gets better. Not, I'm not going to get too close to her. Do you take him? Do you take him? That's what I'm doing. I'm not stupid. But why, why is all this coming over our land like this? We've departed from the Word of God. And you'll see it increase as we get closer to the Lord's return. Because as we get closer to Him, the world will get further away. And so these things will continue to abound, unfortunately. Now, if you'll go back to our text, in the, in the passage we just read here in Proverbs, I want you to notice how God is in control of everything in our land. The weather, the food supply, our national security. And when a nation is disobedient to Him, He'll allow their enemies to prosper and take away the wealth they once had. God will prosper one wicked nation and punish another. And this goes hand in hand with the next verse. Solomon says, look in verse 34, Surely He scorneth the scorners. See that? Proverbs 3, 34. Surely He scorneth the scorners. A scorner is someone who mocks God. Using their words and their actions to deny the honor and the glory that's rightfully due their Creator. But the scorners' words against God, their words is a lie. They can say, oh, there's no God, but that's not true. They can't make there not be a God. They can just claim there's not a God. They can make fun of God. They can make fun of Jesus. Some people like to do that. But all the derogatories they give, none of them are true. They can't make God any less holy and mighty and wonderful and powerful and good than He is. All of their boasting and their words they speak against God are lies. Where their words they try to cast God down from His throne. They deny His existence. They deny His power and His glory. They curse the people who follow God. But again, their words are not true. They can pronounce a curse on Christians. But the truth is, God's going to bless Christians and curse the scorner. They can deny God's existence, but God always was, always is, and always will be. So while they scorn God with their lies, God in in the end is going to scorn them with the truth. All the lies that they boasted about, you'll see again that in the book of the Revelation, that the Antichrist boasted great things against God. He was a scorner, will be a scorner. But in the end, their, their lies will have to bump into reality. Their lives are going to have a run in a face-to-face with God. God's going to bless the Christians they curse one day. God uh, will deny the scorner as, his, uh, as the people who denied Him. They deny God. God one day is going to deny them. Say, I never knew you. Depart from me. He scorns the scorner's lies with his truth. Look back in your text. But he giveth grace unto the lowly. God's going to cast the scorner down and utter destruction one day, but he's going to lift the lowly up by his grace. He does that now. He casts the scorner down now, but he has mercy and he lifts the lowly up. We're all low when you think about the hierarchy of creation. The Bible says God made us a little lower than the angels. Lower, not higher. 
the lower than the angels. The angels are a lot lower than God. But the scorner doesn't acknowledge his loneliness. The scorner denies God's loftiness. And then he boasts about his own loftiness, which isn't so. The lowly, on the other hand, what do we do? We acknowledge that we're beneath God. And the child of God humbles himself or herself to serve the almighty God who made us. And in so doing, when God sees us, put ourselves in the position of humility. Then God, in his grace, raises us up above this corner and exalts us through the gospel by the grace of Christ. He takes the lowly believer who cast himself upon the Lord for his salvation and then raises that lowly creature up to, to be like Jesus Christ. And, and, and he seats us in heavenly places in Christ. The Bible says God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so the scripture is fulfilled, which says, if you look in verse 35, the wise, what's the wise? That's the people who are lowly. The fool exalts himself above his position. The devil was a fool. He tried to exalt himself above God. The scorner's a fool. He tries to exalt himself above God. The wise person is the person who acknowledges the loftiness of God, who acknowledges the lowliness of man, and then assumes the role that God gave him in truth. And so the Bible says the wise shall inherit glory. Oh, they may not have glory now. They may have the shame of the scorner. The world may mock us now. But one day the, the, the world's going to be mocked by God and we're going to inherit God's glory. It says, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. <laughs> the fool tries to promote himself and says, look at me. I don't need God. I don't need... Y'all have all heard them say, oh, you're, you're pretend God. That's just for the weak people that y'all need a God and y'all have a make-believe deity. And we don't need all of that. We're educated. We're this and we're that. And so they promote themselves above the need of God. They're above uh, and saying, no, we don't depend on God. By Him we don't consist, consist, as the Scripture says. He did not create us. We created ourselves. Evolution is our God. We came about on our own. And so they promote themselves. But look what it says. It says, shame shall be the promotion of fools. You know what shame is? That means one day they're going to have an egg on their face. One day they're going to, one day they're going to go, oh no. And they're going to be in shame. An absolute embarrassment of creation. Mocked by their creator. And cast out into outer darkness. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what the Bible says about the child of God? The Bible says, He that believes on Him shall not be what? Said out loud. Anyone know? No? Well... Let's look it up then. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. Let me get there. 
chapter 10, verse 11. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. And when we get there, I I was going to have one of y'all read it, but I think I'll read it since uh, we need our online viewers to hear it as well. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. But we can all read it out loud together. That'd be okay. Speaking of Jesus, Romans 10 verse 11, the Bible says, let's read it together. Everyone ready? For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not what? Be ashamed. You see, when we believe on Jesus, what are we having to do? We're having to take the place of a lonely person. We're having to say, you know what? I'm sinful. You know what? I need a Savior. You know what? That Savior is Jesus. I believe God sent Him to die on the cross for my sins. I can only enter into God's presence and be saved from my sins through Jesus and His death for me on the cross. And because I believe that, I am going to put my hope and trust in Him for what He did for me. The Bible says, whoever puts their hope and trust in Christ... They're banking on the gospel to give them eternal life. And one day, when when all the world stands before God, the people who boasted and said they didn't need God, they're going to feel like a fool. They're going to feel like an absolute idiot for having boasted themselves against their Creator, denying His existence. Knowing they had to die and face something. But the person who took the lowly position said, God, I need you. And I need your son and the salvation he provided me on the cross. The Bible says, he that believes on him, that means depends on him for their salvation, shall not be ashamed. Shame's going to be the promotion of fools. But the wise shall inherit glory. The glory of the only begotten Son of God. So the fools promote themselves right in to shame. We lower ourselves right into glory. Isn't that amazing? The cross was the shame that we deserved. The cross. You know what the cross was? It was the promotion of fools. All the foolishness of all the people of all the ages in the world, all the sins that we committed, all the rebellion we had against God before we were believers, and even after we're believers, we still rebel sometimes. All of that rested on Jesus that day on the cross. And that's why he hung on the cross naked. Spit on, beaten up, and mocked by the scorners. He inherited that shame. That was the promotion of fools on the cross. That was our shame that he bore. And now, when we humble ourselves and we go to that shameful cross and we accept what Jesus did for us, that shame, by God's grace, becomes our glory. I like that song, I'll glory in the cross. 
will inherit the glory of God in Christ, but the foolish people who denied Him and exalted themselves above their Creator, their self-promotion will become their shame when Jesus comes again. Well, that will go ahead and close tonight and remind you that God's curse is in the house of the wicked. He blesses the field. He blesses the store. He blesses the nation. He blesses the, the people. He blesses every aspect of our lives when we follow Him. And the nation that turns its back on God, that house, that group of people, they'll be cursed. But God doesn't want to curse us. He wants to bless us. But He leaves the decision up to the people every time. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. Now you go ahead and do what you want. We'll go ahead and pray, but let's, let this put the fear of God in our hearts and cause us to lower ourselves to seek God's face and to seek to do His will that He might bless us. Father, we thank You for Your precious Word. We pray for our nation tonight. We pray, dear Lord God, that You'll bring our nation, Father, to repentance that they'll wake up and realize that the curse upon us, Lord, the, the, the disruptions that we've realized and the pain at the pump is due to the sin in the heart. And we pray, dear Lord God, there'll be a great turning of our hearts, a great awakening, Father, in the people of our nation. We know not all will. They never do. But Father, we pray that many will. And we pray that we will continue and that we will, if not, to begin to be a light, a witness to the people of this world of our need to get right with God and to not be ashamed of saying so. That we'll be a light shining in the darkness and we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. I pray once again for all the prayer requests made tonight spoken the unspoken we thank you for the praise and we pray that you'll go with all of our people and be with each and every request we ask it in jesus name amen